Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have another fantastic episode for you. Hopefully, everyone is as happy as Travis Irvine is today (laughs) because his nemesis, Larry Householder, was found guilty in Ohio for being a corrupt, crony politician. So congratulations, Irvine. Thank you so much. Larry Householder found guilty, but also don't forget his co-defendant, former Ohio Republican Party chairman Matt Borges, who lives in my hometown of Bexley, Ohio. Mm-hmm. He was the one, Ben, who called the cops on me for trespassing on his property while I was sitting at your house in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. I don't like that guy either. And he was also <laughs> found guilty. These gentlemen now face a sentence of as many as 20 years. I hope they get Ooh. fun matching orange outfits. I'm sure that they will. So you heard it here first, folks. Travis Irvine can teleport. (laughs) He was right there watching programs with me. Little did I know there was a specter scanning around the property of one of Larry Householder's crony associates. We'll also talk about old ass politicians falling down and getting shingles because why the hell not? Uh, George Santos continues to be a psychopath. And then we'll discuss what's going on with Fox News and Tucker Carlson. He's releasing the J6 tapes, highly edited. And of course, he just wants people to forget the fact that his texts that day were the absolute opposite of what he's saying on his show once again. Mm-hmm. We have a clip of Tucker owning himself from about 20 years ago. But before that, let's talk about CEO Alan Shaw. He's the CEO of Norfolk Southern. Obviously, it has not been a great month for Norfolk Southern, a great couple of months or a great couple of weeks, rather, given the train derailment mm-hmm. in East Palestine. There was another train derailment that we oh. talked about on this show. And then I believe a worker died from unsafe conditions because there weren't enough people uh, on staff in order to prevent a death. Again, this is a company that made $7 billion last year in profits. You would think they would take safety regulations seriously. Mm. This week, there was a, a conversation that was had with Alan Shaw and members of the Senate and members of the Senate. Let's just say we're less than thrilled with Alan Shaw and his non-committal answers Mm. and really lackadaisical um, appear of lack of concern for the thing that he should be concerned most about, which is train safety, because he's in the business (laughs) of trains. According to Jeff Merkley, he's a Democrat out of Oregon. He was really upset with Alan Shaw because Alan Shaw said that his company was going to turn over a new leaf. But then it turns uh, it turns out like that new leaf is the same leaf um, that got us in this trouble in the first place. So Mm. maybe he just thought like, I don't know. We're going to have like bigger spills and bigger accidents and have a lot more fun. So Alan Shaw has not said that they want to commit to any more safety regulations. They haven't said they want to hire more workers. They haven't said that they want to do anything to potentially stop a train derailment like we saw last month in East Palestine, Ohio. So what's going to happen to this CEO again does not seem to be held accountable whatsoever. This is what Shaw says. He says, I want to begin today by expressing how deeply sorry I am for the impact this derailment had on the residents of East Palestine and the surrounding communities. I am determined to make this right. Uh, He went on to say absolutely nothing as to how he's going to make things right. 
Uh, Travis Irvine brought up some great points on some previous episodes regarding the braking system that is currently still being used right. by Norfolk Southern trains. This is so old school. It's like completely ridiculous. Hasn't been updated since the 1950s. And there's no reason, again, why a company that is making profit hands over foot should not be able to do the bare minimum for safety. I mean, even when you work at Wendy's, you can't just have a bunch of burgers full of food poisoning. You're going to get shut down. Right, right, right. So this is what he continued to say. He says, we are committed to the legislative intent to make the rail safer. Norfolk Southern runs a safe railroad, but he doesn't because they keep on like collapsing and stuff. So that's not true. And then he says, we can always get better. And that is my intent Hmm. to continue to invest and continue to improve. Good grief. Talk about fucking a slap in the face to the people suffering all over this country again. If the tracks were running through the suburbs, you have a feeling his answers would be a little bit more tangible. Uh, Shaw says everything is on the table, but again, nothing is on the table because they have done absolutely nothing when it comes to paid sick days uh, for employees. Um, He was talking to Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders attempted to get Shaw to commit to guaranteeing at least seven paid sick days to all of the company's workers. But Shaw did not do that. Shaw says, I share, this is what Shaw says. I share your focus on our employees. I will commit to continuing to discuss with them important quality of life issues. Wow. So he said, I will commit to continuing to discuss. Continue to discuss. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that a nice heartfelt answer? Don't worry. We're going to continue to discuss. And I'm committed to that continuation of discussing. Well, Ben, (laughs) if... What a bullshit answer. This is why why corporate makes my fucking eyes bleed. What makes my eyes bleed with this guy is seeing that in 2021, he was paid $3.7 million in total compensation for working at Norfolk Southern. For doing a bad job. And seven days of sick paid leave is a no from this guy he makes four million a year this is an interesting point by a vermont senator again bernie sanders he slaps back i suppose uh slaps back (laughs) at mr shaw uh regarding shaw's answers by saying with all due respect you sound like a politician here mr shaw and indeed he does sound like a politician because aren't our politicians just little CEOs in training, little CEO wannabes. And it just shows you how intertwined American politics and American corporations have become when obviously the CEO of Norfolk Southern is a political office. Mm-hmm. And even though we didn't vote on it, right? God forbid, that's why they're called overlords. Uh, and indeed, he is answering these questions like a goddamn politician. And I think it's infuriating because, as we know, politicians aren't necessarily the best at answering anything with truth. <laughs> right. I mean, and also it's just a situation, again, where your actions speak louder than words. But in this case, his words don't even make sense. I, I will uh, commit to continuing to continue to continue <laughs> my conversations about the things you were asking me about. It's just an escape clause. From this <laughs> this weird committee that they've hauled him in front of, and you know Ben and I, we watched that uh, CNN town hall, yes. and and again the guy was getting it. I mean, he went up last in the CNN town hall, and that's when the residents were really peeved, so they were really giving it to him. But he was just giving non answers the whole time. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you pointed out, Ben. Their actions speak louder than words. Look what's happening. We've had so many derailments. Norfolk Southern. Now everyone's calling out every time a Norfolk Southern train, mm-hmm. uh, you know, derails. We've now had four in Ohio besides the East Palestine one. Uh, we wow. had, uh, like you mentioned, it hit a dump truck, and that's what killed a conductor so now workers are dying and this is all happening right after they've gutted workers safety they've gutted safety regulations right. and yes mm-hmm. the railroad workers strike that was crushed at the end of 2022 it is not a mm-hmm. coincidence that all of this is happening right after these actions have taken place unbelievable and that's a stain on the biden administration uh the unions didn't fight or the unions did what they could do right um but at the end of the day there's really no bargaining chips uh within within the unions i mean what are you gonna do right you right. know what the uh, the they they know the corporations uh much like getting into a legal battle with the united states government they just bleed you dry wait you out and right. at some point you got to move on with your life mm. according to uh, ohio senator sherrod brown who has been getting some praise for his response 
Again, you can only do so much as a senator in this case. Uh, obviously, Mike DeWine has not done nearly enough. Nina Turner right. was on television discussing uh, her disgust with a lot of the people in charge in Ohio. Sherrod Brown has done his best uh, to point out some of the flaws here. This is according to him. Uh, he, he called the people of East Palestine. This is what he said. He says, the kind of community that is so often forgotten and exploited by corporate America. And I think this is powerful coming from Sherrod Brown. Obviously, the Joy Behars of the world, these horrible people that make all liberals look awful. <laughs> I'm talking about how 70% of East Palestinians voted. East Palestinians, as I work, yeah. uh, voted yeah. for Trump. And it's like, yeah, because that's what they feel forgotten right. by corporate America and obviously by the political class of America. So Sherrod Brown being a good, competent, reasonable Democrat uh, who just understands workers' rights and policies that need to be in place in order to ensure workers' rights talking about how the people of East Palestine are forgotten and exploited by these corrupt corporations. Mm. Uh, he goes on to say Norfolk's profits have gone up and up and up and look what happened. So there's an obvious problem if profits are going up and safety is going down. It's one of those things, I guess, if you're in a marriage and it's going horribly and then maybe you just keep on trying to buy your partner <laughs> uh, a bunch of gifts so that they can still love you, but then they just end up cheating on you no. more. Oh, that's not the good way to think about it. When you do that, you're supposed to make deep fundamental changes, like go get therapy. This this yep. is obviously not what Norfolk Southern is doing. They're doing no sort of self-work. The CEO is doing no sort of self-reflection as to what's been happening. I mean, everything the... The workers have been complaining about this for years. Mm -hmm. Just this is a, I am actually surprised it hasn't been worse. Don't you think, Travis? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. It's it's something as simple as seven sick days a year. And here in Ohio, again, we've got the Ohio State politicians starting to weigh in. We had a bipartisan effort where they're just they're going to require the trains to have two workers and have at least two workers on them. And oh, no, sorry, Norfolk Southern, you have to pay more to your workers and hire more workers and pay them fairly to just make sure the trains are safe. I mean, it's yeah. such a no brainer, but they are just so blinded by Mr. Shaw's millions and, mm. and the company's billions. Absolutely. And obviously that money trickles into the pockets of politicians every single day in this country. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what's happening now is the argument. Obviously, you have people that are perhaps Democrat looking at the CEO of uh, of Norfolk Southern and being like, what's up, dude? But then you can also have some people saying, well, it's not their fault. It's the EPA's fault. It's mm. both of their faults. Yes. Let's get that clear yep. right now. The EPA messed up big time. Pete Buttigieg, he's not up for the job. Quite frankly, I think this is almost a resignable offense. It's mm. so easy. You go there. Mm, you right. go like, right. oh, there's a chemical spill. You're the EPA. You right. go there. You show up and, and hey, we're here. America is here for you. The government is here for you. It's so freaking easy. And of course, the EPA just taking Norfolk uh, Southern's word for it mm. when it came to uh, the uh, toxic chemical levels within the soil. This is what uh, Shelley Moore Capito had to say, a Republican out of West Virginia. The public deserves a better level of transparency and much, much sooner. It's clear to me that the EPA's risk communication strategy fell short in the immediate aftermath of the incident. Impacted communities were clamoring for answers. We need to understand why it took the EPA so long to get accurate data to the public. And again, mm. they got that data from Norfolk Southern. So right. I don't think the public has accurate data even now. Right. The, that was a big point that they made, that the EPA was testing the soil and testing the water, but they were using Norfolk Southern's test kits. So it was just, you know, you want to give credit to Michael Regan because he did go there. He's the EPA uh, head and he did go there before Buttigieg did, but he also did the the stunt of drinking the tap water with Mike DeWine and Congressman right. Bill Johnson and toasting each other and be like, we did it, Joe. We did it. But they didn't do it. They didn't do it. And uh, so if you are someone suffering right now and the countless regions across this country that have unsafe drinking water. I can't imagine you feel too much better knowing that they're going to continue the continuation of the discussion of possibly talking a little bit more. Uh, you know, 
I, I hate I hate this. I hate it so much because when you're a conspiracy theorist, you're just always looking for a reason to prove that the government is is trying to hurt you and the government's trying to control you. So the EPA is supposed to be the Environmental Protection Agency, but they're sitting there telling yeah. the people of Ohio, hey, we're testing the water. We're testing the soil. It's yeah. safe to drink. The EPA but, is the it's the protection against the government being accused of not being uh, environmentally. <laughs> it's like they're they're like the they're like the uh, PR yes. for the government. Because mm. literally what I'm what I'm trying to say is the EPA is saying this water is safe to drink. But you look outside your window and there's a toxic plume cloud right. and you're right. telling my eyes are burning. But right. you're telling me. Oh, the air is safe to breathe. You can't. What? No, absolutely don't believe not. your eyes. Don't believe your voice. Don't believe your t- stomach as it burns from chemicals. Exactly. Right. It's fine. Right. We did a photo up next to a bunch of bottled water <laughs> that we later drank. So I, I get it. I, I, I hate it. But I understand where the QAnon belief comes from, because you see this and you're like, well, they don't give a fuck about me. They're trying to kill me. Well, perhaps not, that's you know. the start. I mean, QAnon will probably blame the train derailments on gays or uh, the devil or something. <laughs> so I'm not sure if they're really circling the right problems or the, uh, the uh, answers to solve those problems. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So speaking of gay and speaking of hypocrisy and speaking of shitty, corrupt politicians, Tennessee, they're back in the news. Hmm. Last episode, we played a uh, Tennessee, um, I believe it was a member of the local house. Right. Talking about how they should bring back lynching for right. a uh, as a uh, execution yeah. penalty for whatever. Um, there is Tennessee's number two Republican. He's really against gays unless they're on Instagram, oh in boy. which case he really loves them. Tennessee Republican right. Lieutenant Governor Randy McNally. Uh, he has been hitting this dude up on this guy's Instagram. The man's oh Instagram is pretty salacious. It's an Instagram page by a dude named Franklin McClure who goes by Finn. It's pretty masculine. Yeah. Uh, McClure uh, told the outlet that he and McNally first connected on Facebook via mutual friends. And my God, does McNally like some of Finn's more erotic posts. McNally <laughs> writes, great picture, Finn. Best wishes for continued health and happiness. What Finn, the heck? And then there was a picture of McClure's butt, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like his butt. And nothing then, else. And then, and then uh, this is what uh, the... Uh, the, uh, the politician who, uh, again, when he writes legislation or speaks into the mic, hates gay people. He looks at McClure's butt and he said, quote, Finn, you can turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. What the? What the? What the? <laughs> oh, then, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, hi, sunshine. Love this picture. And it's just like a picture of his dick, you know? Uh <laughs> So right now they haven't they haven't been they haven't confirmed the office um they have not disputed that the Republican left the comments saying in a statement quote that he enjoys interacting with constituents and Tennesseans of all religions mm. backgrounds and orientations on social media and he has no intention of stopping oh I'm sure oh my so God. There oh, yeah go. of course good grief but whole, this is his Instagram account like does he not <laughs> yeah. know how this stuff works it's <laughs> his official one it's Lieutenant Governor McNally with the little blue check mark and he's just a lot of hearts and fire emojis and again nothing wrong with doing anything that he's doing. It's right. simply the backdrop of the hypocrisy that makes this so funny. Um, according to uh, the spokesperson for uh, McNally, Adam Kleinheider, they said, trying to imply something sinister or inappropriate oh about, uh, he says, trying to imply something sinister or inappropriate about, about a great grandfather's use of social media hmm. says more about the mind of the left wing operative <laughs> making the implication than it does about Randy McNally. So they're saying he's a great grandfather. All oh. of them used to fuck hunks named Finn. 
It's called being in the Marines. <laughs> oh my god. So so boys, it's not gay if you like bare butt pictures of Finn on Instagram. He's trying to relate to his constituents. Okay, so we're just being American. <laughs> right. then. Yes. yes. He's being yes. a good American. Got He's it. He's being supportive. Honey, I'm being supportive of this man's butt. Hello. He is. <laughs> and of course, for Finn, Mr. McClure, he's just a dude posting his butt. And he seems like a good enough dude. He just says, I thought he was an older dude and, uh, and out of touch. I've always taken it as a compliment. I don't dislike him or think he's a bad person. He's one of the only people who has consistently uplifted me and made me feel good. Uh, so isn't that nice? Love is in the air. An old man and a young man. Seen that story before. Oh, my God. All yeah. right. Oh, okay. Hypocrisy. How, mm. how, do we, what, how do we address it, Ben? At what point this guy is literally saying, yeah, it's me liking those photos, but I'm liking them because he votes for me. At what point do we just have to go, no, absolutely not. I mean, this guy, again, the reason that it's hypocritical is the governor. That's Republican Bill yes. Lee. They're doing all this bullshit with the anti-drag laws. I believe Tennessee was the first state to outright ban drag shows. So it's, again, just a reminder that these people say one thing and do another thing. And oftentimes the groups of people they choose to demonize are they are a member themselves and they have self-loathing and self-hatred. And that's all that they uh, this is something that they get off on what, is mm -hmm. having that power of being in both worlds. And they like to be secret and keep it nasty. What's that thing called Haggard's Law? Isn't it? Ooh, yeah, I don't know. Haggard's Haggard's law? Law? Yeah, Haggard's Never Law. I, no, it's um, it's <laughs> basically the thing you hate the most is the thing you constantly or the thing you constantly bitch about is the thing you're actually like obsessed with. No, so, yeah, sure. You know, so again, all these anti LGBT bills, all these anti drag bills, it's just like if I stop them from wearing a dress, maybe I won't want to wear it anymore either. Well, well, perhaps not. It didn't work for J. Edgar Hoover and it's not working for them now. Well, speaking of gay <laughs> politicians who are corrupt, uh, George Santos, oh, oh this God. is just kind of another little funny thing. He's going to stay there for two years. I wouldn't be surprised if he just gets reelected. He's going to be in there forever. Um, George Santos has now been accused of orchestrating a credit card skimming operation, oh which, my he, gosh. <laughs> which he schemed to steal information from ATM credit cards. And uh, in a sworn statement from a former roommate, he's like, yeah, we used to do that. Uh, the declaration <laughs> from Gustavo Ribeiro Trela, uh, who said he met Santos when they rented a room together in, a, in Florida. He was accused of a federal crime of credit card fraud in 2017 and pleaded guilty. Uh, the dude's originally from Brazil, and he says that Santos, also known uh, to him as Anthony DeVolder, was in on the scam together. According to Trela, he says, Santos taught me how to skim card information and how to clone cards. He gave me all the material <laughs> oh and <laughs> yeah, he gave me all the material and taught me how to put skimming devices and cameras on ATM machines. I don't know if this one's true. I feel like at this point you can just say, is is Santos the supervillain? Like, yeah. like, he, he really just does it is. all? He's a gay supervillain. Yeah, right. He's a super-duper villain. He's mm -hmm. earning my respect. With the more stories that come out, I'm just like, and now he made the biggest scam of all time, which is getting into the House of Representatives. Truly. This guy needs a movie made after him. <laughs> oh, yes. Katara, the musical. Mm, can't wait. <laughs> yes, indeed. So Trela claimed that Santos stole money, and uh, he was able to do that so uh, he was able to get bail. He said that he is uh, he and uh, some other witnesses. They can back up the statements about uh, George Santos. Anyway, my what, just gosh, a, well, it's so bizarre. We got to link him up with the uh, that old uh, county auditor, the uh, Joel Greenberg was Matt Gates's buddy who was like literally oh, stealing yeah. old driver's <laughs> licenses so he could sell them to teenage girls. I think yes. these guys would have a great time. Now, that's a buddy comedy. I would pay uh, like a dollar. I'd pay a dollar to see that. Absolutely. And rounding out the crony corrupt politicians, let's talk Larry Householder again, Mr. Irvine. So perhaps you can just give us just a little bit more on this case. It was a big case. It was in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Larry Householder, the former House Speaker in Ohio, he was arrested two years ago. This is being called the largest corruption case in state's history. Ooh. Mm -hmm. uh, he maintains his innocence, uh, which, of course, he will. But why is this the largest uh, case of corruption in state history? And what does this guilty verdict mean for the state, 
for you personally and just politics in Ohio? Yeah, this is absolutely massive. Uh, Since Fernando and I started doing this show about two years ago, uh, this case has been ongoing in Ohio. It all started, and it it goes way back, (laughs) but Larry Householder is a man who used to be Speaker of the House. He's got a great name for it, absolutely, Er, in the (laughs) early 2000s. But he came back to power in 2016 and then 2017, 2018. Then he started setting his sights on not just being a representative, but becoming House Speaker again. But he needed an infusion of cash to do so. And that is where First Energy, one of the biggest utilities here in Ohio, they've got their name on the Brown Stadium, which is Mm -hmm. not the worst thing about the Browns right now, frankly, but (laughs) still pretty bad. So First Energy CEOs and uh, Larry Householder started colluding uh, around the time of Trump's inauguration. That's when the FBI said this plot officially hatched. And what happened was they created a bunch of dark money C4 organizations, which are basically nonprofit groups that are exempt from certain tax filings, and you can okay. hide money a lot easier that way. Got they you. don't have to disclose how much money they receive. They don't need to disclose who they get it from, and they don't need to disclose what they spend it on. Oh. So that is how First Energy started to wire money to Larry Householder and this entire oh. enterprise that was made up of Larry Householder and a few lobbyists um, for First Energy, as well as uh, a guy who lives in my hometown, Matt Borges. He used to be the Ohio Republican Party chairman. He then also became a lobbyist for First Energy. And what these guys did was they took $60 million from First Energy, funneled it through all these nonprofits. Wow. Paid it into the campaigns of other state representatives that Larry Householder got elected, knowing that they would then vote for him for speaker. And then once Holy he shit. had their votes, got them in the state house, became speaker, that's when he started whipping votes to get First Energy a $1.3 billion bailout Oof. that was wow. be on the back of ratepayers. This all happened in 2019. There was another uh, side uh, uh Part of the scheme that once they passed that bailout, and of course, the CEOs of First Energy and Larry Householder were all texting each other, uh, basically uh, how uh, they did a great job. They put all their faces on Mount Rushmore. They sent texts saying, hell yeah, HB6, which was the name of the bill. Fuck anybody who ain't us. That's how brazen these guys were. And the FBI at this point was watching everything, listening to calls, uh, taking in all the texts, all the emails, watching all the wire transfers happen the entire time, basically in real time. And then there was also a uh, referendum uh, initiative. Basically here in Ohio, we still have a law that if a law passes in the state house and it's so unpopular, then the citizens can get it on the ballot by gathering hundreds of thousands of signatures. And then the voters can actually vote whether or not that bill should take place. Okay. So the referendum effort also happened in 2019. That's where Matt Borges comes in. He actually bribed someone on the referendum campaign to leak him information about how many signatures they were gathering, where the signature gatherers were. They then sent out people to intimidate, harass, and even assault the signature gatherers of this referendum campaign. It was so nuts. And this is all in the review mirror of 2019. And then in July 2020, that's when the FBI goes and arrests Larry Householder, Matt Borges, and three other lobbyists and basically charges them with what they described as the largest racketeering bribery and pay-to-play corruption scandal in Ohio history. So this has been festering in the courts for almost two years, two and a half years. And the trial just started in January. It lasted seven weeks. Uh, Two of the lobbyists did plead guilty. They entered plea deals with the federal government. They testified at the trial. One lobbyist, Neil Clark, he actually wrote a tell-all book and then blew his brains out in (gasps) Florida while he was wearing a DeWine for Governor t-shirt. Oh, Jesus. Yes, which does raise a lot of questions. Are there more indictments coming? But in this case, I really think Larry Householder just thought he was too big to fail. Same with Matt Borges, you know, former House Speaker, former Ohio Republican Party chairman. I think they just thought they were going to get away with it. And today was a beautiful, beautiful day to watch their hubris crumble, to watch their 
claims of innocence crumbled to the ground because the jury deliberated over about nine and a half hours over two days, and they came back today with two very solid guilty convictions. So it's a big day uh, for corruption, not just in Ohio, but now this is ramifications, right? Now the rule of law will determine whether you can move money around and have it be secret. And if a company can literally pay a politician to give them legislation, it is bribery. It is very easy to hide because of dark yeah. money. And of course, everything happening with the Citizens United uh, uh, decision from the Supreme right. Court back in 2010. So I think this gives the FBI and the federal government more wiggle room so they can now be busting a lot more corrupt politicians who engage in schemes like this. It just seems like 101. <laughs> That's amazing. That is corruption 101. And they just did it on such a macro scale. Yes, Unbelievable. absolutely. All and right. brazen. They really did think they were going to mm. get away with it till yes. this afternoon. And uh, thank goodness the jury, the prosecutors, everyone involved, the whistleblowers, shout out to Tyler Furman, who wore an FBI wire to catch Matt Borges in the scheme. I mean, everyone really held up. It was nice to see good people prevail. And it was all over the political spectrum. Democrats, progressives, libertarians, Republicans, conservatives. There are so many people who called out this corrupt behavior, and now they're all vindicated. Wow. So First Energy admitted guilt, and uh, now people are falling. Again, First Energy, is their CEO in any trouble? or I think he's about to be. I think okay. what happens with these investigations is they go for the lowest hanging fruit first, uh, right. not in the fun way that the Tennessee lieutenant governor uh, likes to Ooh. enjoy. Hello, kinky. <laughs> you make but... every day even a rainy day full of sunshine <laughs> and rainbows. Rainbow. <laughs> I love you, Franklin. But... Oh. What they did was they arrested the guys they knew they could get guilty convictions from or guilty pleas from back in July 2020. That's why Mm. these five guys were the first to drop. And again, there is I've been told by my uh, sources within the attorney general's office here that there is a wall of names. So you got to think more indictments are coming. They've already filed civil charges against the CEOs of uh, First Energy. And so there is a lot more coming. And uh, I think it's about to get messy, but in like a fun way. I think First Energy should probably get their name off the Brown Stadium, or maybe (laughs) they deserve to have it on there forever. (laughs) Right. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for clearing that up. $60 million, those C4 um, nonprofits, there just has to be something done about it. There's so many different loopholes and it's so easy to funnel money. And the fact that these guys did it so bad is really just a, a, it's a compliment to their stupidity um, because I think a lot of politicians do this. And hopefully there's a lot of politicians right now calling their campaign managers be like, so is everything we're doing? Cause you know, how am I getting money? What's up? Hopefully some politicians are scared shitless. Well, and that's kind of a part of why even the people who are defending Larry Householder, they said every politician has a C4. That's just how it works. But they're right. set up that way because a politician like Mike DeWine can be like, I don't know what that organization is. I don't know who's funding it. You know, the politician can be completely yeah. in the dark while his associates are literally handling all the dirty work. So, you know, I mean, you know how that happens sometimes where you open up your Chase Bank app and you're like, wow, more money. I wonder who gave me that. <laughs> yeah. It just right, happened. Exactly. It was me, Ben. Don't worry and how that, I got right. it. Awesome. And, I just love that. A, that was a key day of the trial. Larry Householder literally had the as we say here in Bexley, the chutzpah to get on the witness stand himself (laughs) and claim that he didn't know where the money came from. The the, literally first energy lobbyist paid for his hotel at that Trump inauguration way back in January, 2017. He flew on the first energy charter flight to DC. And then he had the the chutzpah to claim that he didn't know who booked the flight in his hotel room. Oh, wow. He just goes in blind. The prosecutors really made a meal of Mr. Householder, and I don't think it helped his case at all, as we can see now with this guilty verdict. And again, the hubris to take the stand yourself, a uh, definition of idiocy. My question, uh, uh, gravity and hubris, the two enemies of man, the only two real enemies of man. I don't like gravity. But (laughs) my question is then, Travis, so was the system, were they abusing the system, or was the system working exactly how it's designed, and they just took advantage of that? Because when you say C4... What is the point of blind money? What is the point of this dark money? How does that help America and democracy? Right. Well, as defined by the Supreme Court with Citizens United, all this money is free speech, right? So what they did here, though, what the prosecutors and what the federal government had to do here was show that, yes, 
political donations are allowed. They have to be declared. They are only allowed in certain increments, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they, they have to be transparent. And yes, C4s are allowed. They are now a tool of politics. And that was part of the defense's argument that, hey, this is just politics as usual. But what the FBI yeah. did painstakingly, they had to prove where the money was coming from by auditing these different nonprofits and doing the wire transfers and checking in on everything. It's just so hard to dig into these C4s again, because nothing's disclosed, right? They, every time you investigate a new C4 as they're moving all the money around to different C4s, you have to do another audit and you have to basically, as the, the head um, prosecutor, the U S attorney said, you have to start all over. So right. there was this argument that it's politics as usual, but the FBI and the federal prosecutors had to show that there was a bribe. There was a pay to play. There was a quid pro quo, as as we say. Right. I don't even know if that's the correct legal term. But. No, that would be. And of course, uh, the evidence is in the success uh, that uh, First Energy received everything they wanted right. with the $1.3 right. billion. And Larry Householder became the House Speaker. So it exactly. all makes sense. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Well, speaking of corruption and total liars, let's move on just a little bit to Tucker Carlson and media. Uh, Fox News is doing this rehash of J6. Uh, basically, they got a bunch of footage. What was it? 400 some hours from Speaker of the House. 40,000 hours. What a, yeah. from Speaker <laughs> of the House uh, McCarthy. Uh, from there, as anyone who's edited anything, um, you can make it into whatever you want. It's like 30 minute episode tops. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so Tucker Carlson is attempting to say it was all peaceful. Everything was great. Even his own party is like, no, it was really bad. And Tucker Carlson is now officially afraid, desperately clinging on to his audience. That uh, That is significant. I think, I think they still do relatively well on uh, television around 2 million viewers. It's still in the grand scheme of things. Not that much. It's no Mr. Beast. Um, <laughs> So, I love that you know him. Yeah, he's like giving money away. <laughs> so Tucker Carlson, it was interesting. There was a clip. Uh, I think it was this Filipowski guy, uh, Ron Filipowski, on a Twitter. It resurfaced, and it's Tucker Carlson talking about Bill O'Reilly. Now, what I think is interesting about this, first of all, Tucker somehow looks more punchable younger. Um, <laughs> I don't it's the know. hair. It's like the hair's too round or something. But he made some valid points here. And for those that don't remember this era of Tucker or this era in America, I'm not sure if it was true or not, but there was an air of, there was some truth. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know the media brought us to war. There's a bunch of lies and fucking, you know, Hans Blix and weapons of mass destruction. But there was a perception that there was some integrity within our television news um, media. And obviously that's completely out the window. And right, I think yeah, everyone knows it's, it's fucking, it's all a farce and horseshit. But this is Tucker Carlson talking about Bill O'Reilly and what will be the collapse of Bill O'Reilly. And I think it's ironic because he's doing, he has become the mm. Bill O'Reilly that he is in this clip, as we'll listen to, is, uh, is, is, is full of scorn against so let's just play Tucker talking about Bill, and uh, we'll discuss on the end. Another quote from your book, Bill O'Reilly's success is built on the perception that he really is who he claims to be. If he ever gets caught out of character, it's over. That's right. I, I, I say before that that, you know, Bill O'Reilly's really <laughs> talented. He's more talented than I am. You know, he's got a lot more viewers Classic. than I am. He's a better communicator than I am. <laughs> uh, but I think there's kind of a deep phoniness at the center of his shtick. Uh, and again, as I say, the shtick is sort of built on this perception that he is the character he plays. He is every man, this kind of, po he's not right wing, he's a populist, this kind of Irish Catholic populist fighting for you against the powers that be. And that's great as a shtick, but I'm just saying the moment that it's revealed not to be true, it's over. The moment he gets caught, you know, slapping a flight attendant on the Concorde for not bringing his champagne fast enough or barking at, you know, one of his subordinates to take the, you know, brown M&Ms out of my bowl and get me a bottle of Evian. 
or something like that. The second that makes page six, it's over, right? Because the whole thing is predicated on the fact that he is who he says he is. And just nobody is that person, especially not someone who makes a million dollars, you know, many millions a year. As he does. Huh. Uh, wow. All right. So there you go. Wow. Tucker, if he could see himself now, yeah. horrified of losing this Fox News audience as someone who's been on that channel. Uh, they control the ship. They are the they are the water that the ship mm. floats upon. They are the waves. And you only go along for so long if you don't make them happy. Mm. You're just off the show. So he's making millions of dollars now as a television host on Fox News. I believe the same time slot yeah. that Bill O'Reilly had. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it seems as if he has become that version of himself where if you watch his shows every single day, I'm fighting for you. I'm the one watching out for you. I'm not one of these deep state wealthy elites. And it's like, buddy, your butthole has a bow tie. Like he is the most, <laughs> he, he shits with the help of an assistant. I yeah. mean, like he is the definition of wealthy. I'm not sure where he's from, maybe Connecticut, whatever, khaki wearing douche. So I think he's become everything he hated. It's quite ironic. And I don't want to be him. Right. You could basically take those talking points he just said about Bill O'Reilly and just plug in him from now. I mean, it's pretty uh, crazy. He, yes, he has the 8 p.m. slot. He has Bill O'Reilly's old slot and he is doing a shtick. And we all know it now because he got exposed by all these texts, right? Mm -hmm. With the Dominion lawsuits showing that he even said at one point that he hates Trump passionately. Which yes. I don't know. This is like two different things. But whatever. Yeah. So I am just kind of blown away by the absolute, I don't know, arrogance of Tucker right now. And and now we know that the reason he got all that J6 footage right. and did this whole episode this week about look how innocent they are just walking around the Capitol doing nothing wrong. It's because he's again trying to he's placating to that audience again. He's trying to redeem himself in their eyes because he's. I think finally understanding that there's some pushback on what he really thinks. So he's got to pretend to think something else again. He has just become Bill O'Reilly, but like in a worse douchier sense. Yeah. At least Bill O'Reilly gave you a word of the day and he had <laughs> right. things, he would say things like pinhead, <laughs> which is kind of uh, yeah. funny. Yeah, that was fun. And Bill O'Reilly would have John Stewart on. His show, mm -hmm. the last yeah, time right. Tucker yes. Carlson had the chutzpah to face off against Jon Stewart, I think it was back during the Iraq War when yeah. Tucker Carlson had that show, uh, Crossfire, Crossfire on with CNN Paul with Paul yep. Begala, and Jon Stewart came on. That was like the first viral clip I ever saw in college because it was just Jon Stewart owning them for doing, again, a shtick, a fake partisan shtick on CNN uh -huh. that ended with uh, Jon Stewart eventually Almost losing his cool, but he did call Tucker Carlson a dick on CNN, and I always <laughs> yes. appreciate that. Absolutely. I, okay, I think Tucker Carlson has changed in the past few years. You know, we all change, but he's obviously changed to he's become his own worst enemy. But I think the audience has changed, too, because maybe before all these revelations would have made a difference. But I feel, Travis, that these revelations are not making a difference. The network was a, a, has admitted to lying. Tucker yeah. Carlson in the Dominion trial admitted to lying. All of them had admitted to lying, but I don't think it's changed the narrative at no, all. If anything, it's made him triple down. I mean, because that's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. But of course, there is a finite amount of time for Hannity, Ingram and Tucker. They will all three be gone. I think within the next sec within the next election election cycle, I believe they will be done. And I think he knows that his mm. days are numbered. And if he wants to have any constituents whatsoever, when it's done with Fox News, I mean, he's going to have to do he's throw him a bunch of red meat because you look at Bill O'Reilly, also right. a serial groper, um, <laughs> right. a very disgusting man. The hair stylist and dresser, they had to like leave the room and he had his own crew because only so many people right, could work right. with him. Total right. piece of shit in every sense of the word. Uh, but when Bill O'Reilly left Fox News, his where the fuck is he? He's, he's doing Cuomo's show. Right. Now, with as <laughs> right. we talked a about with Nation. a news nation with eight thousand viewers, <laughs> right? So the Fox News brand is so huge, and once you lose it, they don't necessarily go with you. Look what happened to Megyn Kelly, right? Exactly. And, uh, oh. Eric Bowling, Eric Bowling gone, schlepping on Newsmax now. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. And 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 I'll just add also. I mean, we know how that culture is. I mean, Ben, you work there. We know people work there. You have to contort yourself into this mold that they want you to be. We know that half the people who work there, maybe even three-fourths of the people who sure. work there, don't believe half of the shit they're spewing out there. 
but they need no. those millions of dollars and they'll do anything to get it. And those are just the people on camera. The people who hold the camera are like, this is fucking crazy. But they just <laughs> exactly. have a job. Same thing a nice with the union job. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with the Don Lemons of the world. When he is fired from CNN, no one's want listening to his podcast. Mm, it's done. Right, it's over. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, speaking of done and over, uh, let's go with Diane Feinstein. <laughs> she's, been, <laughs> she's been hospitalized with shingles. She's 89 oh. years old. Uh, she has dementia. She will not be running. Um, for office again. So anyway, it's just an example of how uh, these politicians stick around a little bit longer than they should. Mm. Um, and then we also have some news on GOP leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, right. He got a concussion. He had another slip and fall in 2019. He had a slip and fall and hurt his shoulder. And then he had like mysterious bruises yeah, on his all hands. messed up for a while. He's got like black eyes all the time. <laughs> Unless his fucking wife is beating the shit out of him. I don't know what's going on. But he fell down. He got a concussion. He's still in the hospital. And at 81 years old, I mean, I'm sure they're pumping him full of whatever the, the blood of a child. Adrenochrome. I don't know, adrenochrome. <laughs> but I mean. Any day, dude, these people can just go. Right. Well, and it's so weird. It happens in a week where I actually liked Mitch McConnell, you know, now and then he gives you like one Whoa, thing that why? you can like about because he reprimanded Tucker Carlson and he Kevin did. McCarthy for oh. the way they showed that footage. He you said, think that, that, you that, think this is an assassination attempt? <laughs> it happened in a Washington, D.C. hotel, man. A lot of things <laughs> happen in those held hotels. That's how they caught Elliot Spitzer. I mean, weird things happen at Washington, D.C. hotels. So I'm true, not saying true. it's impossible. But, you know, again, it's just it it did happen in a week where Mitch McConnell was technically sticking up to the bad guys within his own party, particularly Kevin McCarthy and Tucker Carlson for this little January 6, 40,000 hours of footage stick. And so I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I wish Mr. McConnell well. It hurt me to say that, but I'm going to wish a speedy recovery. It was I, the concussion talking, Travis. He was not him saying those things. I, I don't oh, I don't okay. wish. Let me just say this. I don't wish anybody ill. I, okay, um, I agree. But also, Hold let's on. not let's not fight I'll God's plan, back, sir. Let's I'll not fight back. God's plan. Let's not fight God's plan. But I will push back, sir. You did predict Chuck Grassley would die. You don't. I wish know it was it. a predict. No, I do wish it. Okay. <laughs> no, I actively wish it. But if 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 Mitch goes first, I'll be like, ah, well, I'll call it a push. Okay. It's a push. <laughs> right. It was Grassley. Grassley was the one that pushed Mitch down those stairs. Yes. I'm uh, not going down first, you bitch. <laughs> yes. Also, do you guys know the average age of the Senate? 94. No. 78. What's the average age of the United I'm gonna, States? I'm going to go with, because uh, I'm feeling fun today, 69. That is funny. It's 65. Ooh, um, wow. Which isn't that the retirement age? It should be. They're so the average age of our senators are the age that is, we're supposed to retire? Yes, that's why they're trying to raise it to 70 so they can stay in their jobs and stay relevant. Oh, God. I do want to point out that about the age of, of uh, the average lifespan thing. People of color actually have an average lifespan of about 63 to 65. So when you raise that retirement age, you are literally it is almost racism that you are mm -hmm. systematically putting in place. Well, we got to get everyone to live a little bit longer, and there's no reason to raise the retirement age. Absolutely not. Um, also, John Fetterman, he's uh, apparently he's doing better. He had hey. the stroke, and and uh, I guess he the doctor said he's doing good. So we hope we do wish everybody well. Um, Fetterman, of course, only fifty three, so he's a baby yeah. by the uh, by the age of these senators. So we'll see what happens. But again, it is a reminder that. All these people that uh, perhaps you don't like some of the policies they put forth. Diane Feinstein, she almost gave away the uh, Ramirez. She almost uh, blew up the fucking Night Stalker case <laughs> when she was the mayor of San Francisco. She gave a key evidence. She said key evidence during a press conference. And then the cops were like, oh, no, oh, no. now he's going to oh, change boy. his shoes. <laughs> All right. And just lastly, Los Angeles considers funding for crime fighting robot dogs. Probably oh, no. not the best idea. Uh, the robot is a quadrupod, quadrupod, whatever the fuck. Quadruped. Uh, yeah, whatever. He's uh, <laughs> $280,000. Again, the city has a lot of issues, and none of them will be solved by a robot dog. I will, you know me and my uh, disdain for um, robots when used by the, the people in charge because they're going to be used for malicious reasons. They're just tools. You can kill someone with a fork, and you can also eat great spaghetti with it. 
I will say there's a little robot uh, that delivers food in, in North Hollywood when I do a serious radio. His name is Franklin. <laughs> and he's got a little face. And Aww. Franklin was funny. He was stuck in traffic. And he, he was stuck between two cars. He was like, I don't know. And he was like going back and forth. He was like, it was like, oh, Franklin. Does it make a beeping alarm sound? He looked like he was stressed because his eyes kept on blinking. And he was like, I don't know what to do. So. Franklin's, well, hopefully they'll install lasers in his eyes and then a gun on his back and then he'll just get out of any trap. Franklin's one of the good ones. Oh. Just like Wally. Not all robots are going to be bad. Some are going to be Franklin. They're going to deliver your Uber Eats. Um, but right now, everyone's seen this footage. I think a lot of people thought that I was crazy. But it is happening. And you know these police departments. They want to weaponize everything. And uh, so Boston Dynamics, they've greatly improved this technology, the facial recognition technology. If you thought people uh, got the wrong um, person for a crime, so do robots. And we'll see if the LAPD wants to get $280,000 per robot dog if they feel like they need the funding for that. Again, there's just so much to do. The city council is going to vote on this and uh, we will let everybody know what they decide. I I just think it's horrendous and i can see them burning down or taking people out of their tents as i speak Mm. i can just see them invading homes now they can open doors and it's just nasty it's just not the world that i want to live in and it's not what i want to see i don't want to see people suffering at the hands of something that we will get fucking destroyed by because like they're you know made a lot stronger materials you know because we're just soft and biological little piggies We need more Franklins. We need more yeah. nice dogs that just deliver your meal and other Franklins with great butts on the internet that can turn <laughs> rainy days into sunshiny rainbows. You know, the city's priorities are are right spot on when they're spending $1,500 for a custom logo on these robots that, oh says that, you know, that, that shows the LEPD emblem so that you know who's killing you, Ben. Uh, that's oh, that's awesome. nice. Well, All we right. better check. We better check the C4s of every single LA city council member to see uh, if the robot dog companies are pumping money into that so they vote to approve this absolute horse shit. Well, that's actually God. a great point. Boston Dynamics, I do wonder how much money they're giving to these uh, politicians and to these governments. We'll look into that next week. Um, all, all right, right, everyone. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Have a fantastic weekend. And we'll be back next week. Oh, Travis is getting his wisdom teeth pulled tomorrow, so he's going to be a little bit dumber next week. <laughs> That's wise. You get it. Um, but good luck when you go under. Don't stay under, buddy. Come towards the light. Thank you. I will. I've avoided alcohol for the last 24 hours like they oh, asked me to, good. so I should be fine. I know that hard for you. All <laughs> right, Especially ever. on a day like today where I want to celebrate Larry Householder. Matt Borges going to jail. Irvine wins again. You can have a, sh- have a shot. All right, All right everyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.